So last Friday, I spent the morning sat underground uh, in a hard hat, high vis jacket, and a clipboard and pen, um, waiting for people to arrive online for a workshop all about. Well, it was called an audience with your inner critic. Um, it's funny the sacrifices you make in it for the things you care about, but um, what I was doing was dressing up as my own inner critic, which is this person who wants to do everything properly and seriously and sensibly and thoroughly and responsibly, very grown up, very serious and very responsible. Um, and I'd invited other people to do the same and turn up dressed as their inner critic and we'd have a little bit of time spent with the inner critic asking them some questions like on a first date and just learning a bit more about this critic and you know what makes them tick and what they really want. Um, now uh, it was quite a small turnout actually from last time which told me possibly one or two things which is it's quite uncomfortable territory you know to, uh, to face your inner critic. Or it could have just been as simple as the timing, really. Um, it was, you know, a very hot day, so maybe just people couldn't be asked. But still a handful of us, and it was five um, compared to it was ten last time, so it's still a decent amount. Um, but yeah, so what the purpose of the exercise was, was to get people in dialogue with the critic and see if we can have a bit of fun with it. Um, and I had to demo this, so in front of these people... I uh, described what the exercise was, going to pairs, going to a little breakout room, ask these questions as, and assume the identi identity of your inner critic and behave as if you are this inner critic and see how they answer. And I had to demo this. Um, the group said, oh, can you just show us what it's like? And then all of a sudden, the magnitude of the situation <laughs> kind of landed on me and I had to be um, my own inner critic. And... That was quite fun. I got asked the question. I was prepared, I was prepared for it. And I became this very stern-faced, sensible, officious person with his little clipboard wanting to get the right answers to the questions. Um, and then as I was doing that, I became acutely aware of how seriously and serious and, and joyless this person can be. But I couldn't help kind of smirking and laughing going, geez, you want to try living with this guy? You know what I mean? And that was quite a fun discovery. It was that there's this rebellion going on. And also, I was perhaps a little bit mm, ashamed of this inner critic and who they are and, you know, how dark they are. And there was a certain amount of discomfort uh, exploring that in a group setting. But I kind of swallowed the pill. I did hold back a little bit, and we discussed that later in the exercise, that, um, you know, that can happen. But anyway... Um, my brave fellow accomplices from the Happy Startup School came along and they were willing to experiment and they went out into breakup rooms, did the experiment and came back and we had a little bit of reflection and discussion and these are the best bits that came out. Um, oh, you might want to know what questions were asked. So the questions were, so if you're assuming you're in a critic, the other person asks you, so what's your perfect day? How would you choose to die? <laughs> um, how would you like to be remembered? Um, you know, what's too serious to joke about? Um, your house is on fire. What would you save? And in what way would you like to be famous? And these are from, I think it's a famous kind of 36 questions to make anyone fall in love with you. It's a, a, a book, I believe. But I basically cribbed the best, most interesting questions that seemed relevant to the exercise. And they went into these groups and they asked these questions. And um, 
some really good stuff came up. I dipped into these groups just to make sure everyone's getting on all right. Um, and the, the best bits was just someone, uh, one person in particular, really, really assuming and getting into the role, um, really sort of being a kind of pompous, self-inflated, important um, person that was really um, authentic and, and very brave of that person to do. Um what else happened? Oh, there was. I caught the end of a question. It went something along the lines of, "So, would you keep doing yoga even if your house was on fire?" Which I thought was quite funny. Um, and then someone else was. Um, there was two people. Um, another breakout room asking questions, and, and someone just said really, kind of earnestly, "So, um, so how would you like to die?" Um, without <laughs> any any sarcasm or irony in there, it was just a genuine, legitimate question. I thought that was hilarious. Um. So the things that came out was someone made a point that um, it was almost as if they had their inner critic, but the inner critic became a bit meta, like there was maybe a, th- a second level of inner critic that was standing up for the inner critic and saying, maybe it's a bit cruel to berate this person, you know, maybe we, we shouldn't do this, this is uncomfortable for a reason. So I didn't expect that. Um, someone else uh, said, really interestingly, it's really hard to disentangle your inner critic from yourself especially in a short space of time like this exercise I was doing you know maybe in future I should help people identify who the inner critic is before they actually start playing with it and getting comfortable with it um, rather than just going kind of balls deep on it like I did Um, and they said there was some trepidation in this event but you know bravely these people went in for it so that was good Um, uh, and there was this theme about realizing um, you won't ever really reveal who the real inner critic is to other people we kind of hold back but that that made this person who made this observation realize that you know we'd never say to others what we say to ourselves when we're being in a critic so that tells us something maybe about how harsh we can sometimes be um that same person says something about it just being stories and narratives so the inner critic is just creating these false not false but interpretations of reality and a lot of these realities tend to be based on assumptions that other people are kind of scrutinising us as much as we scrutinise ourselves and when in fact it's just a made-up narrative um, and you know the, this idea that everyone thinks that everyone else has it sussed and maybe they're in charge of the critic but we kind of realised as a, as a group that you know we, we really aren't um, no one has it sussed and we're all kind of struggling and um, someone was, was actually really quite um, zen about it and mindful and it was they made the point that it was owning your inner critic is is just having awareness of it and that seems to be enough to help them make peace with it um we spoke a bit about where the inner critic comes from and it was as if um well the impression i got is that we don't choose these inner critics we kind of we absorb them or maybe they choose us from the people around us you know the voices of our parents teachers etc um but a kind of a little bit of hope was that this inner critic might actually be a kind of wisdom. You know, it it does probably um, want the best for us um, and the acceptance and awareness of it is the wisdom. I like this idea of like a tribe of elders. Like if you can imagine um, your inner critic or critics is, is just a bunch of people who want the best for you and they've all got various opinions and priorities and interests and, you know, you maybe you can convene them and give them, you know, attention for a short while and see what they say. You don't necessarily have to act on their advice. You can just quiz them. Um, so 
I thought that was that was really good. Uh, I, the, the exercise sort of question I left people with was to go into the world and have a little think about all the people out there that you know who don't have an inner critic or perhaps haven't haven't learnt to um, to manage it properly. Um, you know, people like Kanye West and Donald Trump and and having some compassion for them and realizing that maybe your inner critic does have some utility. You know, it's it came out of a necessity at some point. But um, yeah, so the the workshop went pretty well. Um, people got a lot out of it. The discussion was the best bit. So I'm I'm curious to get more discussion in in, in the future and see what comes of that. But um, it feels like jumping in at deep end like this is fun, but it might put people off. And I'm acutely aware that that is my style. It's been my problem my entire life. Really, is is being quite direct about it. And there's a there's a there's a place for that, but. Um, there's also this kind of balance with you've got to bring people along with you and be gentle. Um, so I'm, I'm discovering that gentleness and framing and maybe this idea of working up to it. And this is the second workshop I've done out of, uh, I did the first one about a month ago. And it lends itself really neatly to a kind of a series where we work up to it. And maybe this would be our exercise you know, five or six in a, in a series of like a journey. You know, you warm them up, you begin with identifying the critic um, and you work all your way up to actually then engaging with it. Um, it's kind of about leading people into discomfort um, rather than just straight up. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that was fun. Um, the the, the uh, workshop was fun. I'm not sure this is much fun to listen to, but... Uh, Maybe you just appreciate knowing that this is an experiment and something in Genesis and I'm going through all these analytical self-reflection um, processes and letting something emerge. There's, there's an idea, a thread that I, I I don't want to let go of and it's fun and I'm not sure, I'm not planning it, this thing, you know, I'm just being present for it and buggering it up and seeing what comes of it and then scheduling the next one before I have time to talk myself out of it, etc. and all the normal things that stifle progress. And I'm just letting it emerge and letting it be what it is. You know, it kind of wants to live through me, so I'm just letting it do that. And maybe that, if there's any any nuggets to come out of this, that that might be a, a way to look at this thing for your own ideas, is, is how can you just treat it not to do with yourself or other people, but in and of its own thing, like it just needs to live through you. That's what seems to be going on. Uh, yeah, cheers for listening. Um, I've been Chris Camworthy. I'm going to sign off now. Ta-ra!